are back. It is Fresh Juice, an indie game podcast. I am one of your hosts, as always, Tommy Fresh. And joined, as always, is our other host, Maddie Juice. What's going on, everybody? Fresh Juice coming in. Episode five, six. Five. I don't know. We're just we're rolling. We're, we're just rolling. rolling with it. So uh, we got an interesting one today to cover. An interesting game to cover, Tommy. But first off, how how you doing, man? How's everything? I'm good. I had a, I had another busy week. Um, this this past week it was not busy because of work. Thank God. It was more of doing personal stuff. I just dropped the pen, uh, which we're leaving it in. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I had uh, some personal stuff, which uh, one of them was uh, one of my best friends. Yeah, got married, and uh, I had the pleasure of being in his wedding. So I got to do a rehearsal dinner, wedding, and then, um, you know, that was fun and a lot of drinking. And, you know, normal me just agreed to go on a brewery pub crawl the day after the wedding and uh you know i was like oh you know what's what's more drinking so my fiance and i oh no oh, oh. no sorry go ahead oh, sorry. i thought i cut out there you're good you're good it's my internet go ahead <laughs> but you know you uh you did cut out for a second but you're cutting back in and um i'm gonna fix that uh but yeah uh my fiance and i went to go hang out with uh listener of the show and friend of ours and perhaps future guest bags baggeroni you can bags. find on the just because podcast and uh we went with him and his girlfriend uh down to south jersey hamilton which if you don't know is the blueberry capital of the world wow apparently uh you know I, there are some blueberry fields and you can get a lot of blueberry flavored things i would argue that maine has better blueberry stuff and i would say i saw more blueberry things going on up in maine but hamilton new jersey also has quite a few blueberries uh going on but it was fun we went to uh it it was like a tour you're on a bus you go from a couple different local breweries local distilleries local winery um you know throughout the day over like six hours uh it was very funny because you're supposed to dress up because like Halloween and we kind of got there early and we didn't really see a lot of people dressed up. We're like, uh Oh, and we knew that bags and, and his, his girlfriend were going to dress up. So we knew at least it would be us four. And then there were a couple other people's, there were some ladies dressed as butterflies. Uh, and, and you're on this, this like Jitney is what they call it. Like a bus. And, okay, you know, you, you start, you go to the first stop and the bus was like super quiet. But by the time we got to the second stop, the drinks were starting to like settle in and people were getting a little rowdy and having fun. Uh, it was a good time though. And then, um, yeah, other than that, oh, I went to our, our cousin, Danny D train, Danny dimes, Danny, Danny, Danny uh, cups, Danny cups. Uh, <laughs> you know, he had a, he had a Halloween party and that was fun. You know, got to hang out, uh, with some cousins and meet some of, uh, his fiance's friends, which was which was neat as well. And then, other than that, we we met another buddy's baby. That was cool too. She was very cute. You know, oh, babies are babies are pretty cool. I've 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 decided, and uh, you heard it here first. Babies are pretty neat. So, what about you? What's going on with you? Yeah, um, no, it sounds like a, a action packed weekend. Mm. Um, yeah, for uh, Saturday, uh, let's see, uh, we were. Um, 
uh, it's my mom's birthday. It was my mom's birthday, so we spent kind of the whole day with her. Went to like uh, Duke Farms, which is in New Jersey, uh, in like Hillsboro, New Jersey, uh, and that was cool. You know, walking around there, they got like it's like a, there's castles and stuff. I don't know. That was that was pretty pretty fun. Uh, and then we went to like dinner, and then just kind of hung out at the house afterwards. And then uh, Sunday was pretty much just football uh, all day on Sunday. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I mean, work's been um, hasn't been too busy lately, which has been good. And uh, you know, we just had I've had a decent amount of time to play some games, so uh, that's always nice, you know, especially with these weekly ups that we're doing. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's been uh, it's been good, and I'm just I'm just pumped to talk about this game. Well, happy birthday, Aunt MJ. I know you're listening. Woo! You know, you're a big listener, always have been. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and, you know, that does sound like a nice low-key weekend. Football has been depressing for myself, but uh, but that is okay. I'm doing well in two of my fantasy leagues and not in the one that we are in together. And it's yes. very, very frustrating. But yeah. what can you do? Um, you know, if, if maybe Travis Kelsey could catch more balls, maybe – uh, I don't know. You know, um, it's the Taylor Swift uh, effect. You know, he's just mm-hmm. not focused. He's not, he's not focused. focused. Yeah, dude, stop making friendship bracelets, Travis, <laughs> and catch some balls, dude. Uh, but this is not a fantasy football podcast. This is an indie game podcast. Uh, so before we get to the game that we are discussing today, you mentioned that it was a pretty interesting one. It is like a age through blood. Um, it's very interesting, very unique, and uh, I'm personally very excited to talk about it and also hear how you feel about it maddie but before we get to that let's hit some news not a whole lot going on but it is halloween week we are recording this on the 30th so tomorrow is halloween this will be out the day after halloween um what's this uh what's this uh, first thing you put here on in our show notes yeah, so I saw this pop up, and I I know you're a fan of this movie. Um, Barbarian is creating a video game. Um, so horror movie Barbarian uh, came out, uh, what, 2020, 2021, maybe? Maybe it was 22? Late, late 2020. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so they have a video game in development for console and PC. Obviously, it's going to be a horror game. Um, so yeah, I actually have never seen Barbarian. I know we've talked about it on the pod actually before. I think it was one of your rec rooms, perhaps. Um, so I would love to hear your thoughts on this. You know, um, you know, movie video games. You know, it's kind of a mixed bag, right? Of like how how good those games can be. Uh, there's been success with like the Evil Dead video games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, that's a that's a horror movie franchise. So I'm curious to see what you kind of think about Barbarian entering the video game space. Well, it's the the concept is really like as a movie is is perfectly set up to be a good horror game. So I wouldn't be surprised if it is good. It will probably be a more of a like a bottle game, right? Like like kind mm-hmm. of like one area and and one thing you have to kind of figure out, like most horror games are, I believe. So I think it could be really good. It's a it was an indie movie, you know, five million dollar budget, yep. which is very low for for any kind of movie, and to be successful. Um, and I can imagine this being good. I'm excited. I obviously want to check it out. You know, especially if they can get some of uh, Zach Kreger's um, kind of input on the game or, or or what have you. So 
we don't yeah. know a lot about it other than it's going to happen, <laughs> you know? So like, uh, I, I hope it's really good. I mean, there are super intense, terrifying moments in that movie. And there's also like some really fun stuff going on too. So like if they can convert that feel to the game, I'm on board. So, uh, but I don't know about you. you. You haven't watched the movie, but you've played a decent amount of horror games. Yeah, um, yeah, I have not seen the movie yet. I, it is on my list. I do have it downloaded, ready to go. Um, but yeah, I've, I've played a decent amount of horror games. I'm not a huge, like, just horror guy in general. Like, I, I've watched a decent amount of horror movies, I think, but it's mainly just because uh, Maria wants to watch them. <laughs> I'm just like, all right, I guess I will. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, horror games, like, the thing that I love... Um, is when it's not those cheap sort of jump scares, you know, I think of like Slender, right? Mm-hmm. Like games like that, where it's just like, okay, this is a really basic game with these cheap jump scares, and I know that it goes viral when that sort of stuff can happen, but I really like game, you know, like games like Resident Evil are like really well thought out, kind of. Even if there are jump scares, it's kind of at points where you really don't expect it to happen. Um, so I'm curious to see kind of what avenue they take, because... You know, obviously the easy route is is, and I don't know enough, obviously, about the movie um, to really know how they would do these scares. But the easy route, right, would be just kind of making like a Five Nights at Freddy's sort of experience, right? Um, uh, or they can go the route of like Amnesia, The Dark Descent, you know, which I know is a really and Amnesia games in general are really great horror games. So I'm curious to see kind of where they're going to go with this. Um, but yeah, we really only know that it's in development. Uh, I'm not sure who's making it, um, but I figured, you know, it's an indie movie. So this is uh, technically, I guess, would be an indie game. Uh, so I figured we should talk about it a bit. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's very exciting. And I do really, yeah. I, and I do think you'd enjoy the movie. I really do. And like, there, like, it's not a lot of, I don't, I don't think it's a lot of cheap jump scares. It's more of playing on your expectations. And then completely yeah. flipping it around. So you're like, well, I didn't see that coming at all. And then also like breaking the tension with some laughs, which, you know, is a lot like the Evil Dead movies, right? Like that's that's what the the kind of uh, idea was there. And, and the Evil Dead uh, movie games have also been successful. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. But, but the next thing that we had, it's like not a whole lot, but it is Halloween week. So I'm obviously Barbarian makes sense there. Talk about that. But... Uh, there was this game at PAX East last year that we could not get enough of. And I, we really hope to uh, kind of explore it on, on this channel, this podcast, whenever it comes out. It is called Goons, Legends, and Mayhem. So this is a hockey game, like a hockey arcade game, basically. But they take a lot of the feel of like, Mario games, right? Like Mario sports games where there's like power-ups and stuff like that. And it's a little bit more silly, you know, like, you know, sure. There's some like typical hockey strategy going on, but there's uh, a lot uh, of fun stuff happening as well with like the different kind of characters you can play and, and, and whatnot. But literally today they posted on Twitter um, that, you know, it's very close to being released. They had a demo out, but I think they, they, they took it down so they can work on the game some more. Uh, but they, they did a trailer today um, where it is going to um, not it. 
but they are describing in the trailer that there are a bunch of different skins that you can get. Obviously, costumes are getting the Halloween vibes going. Uh, but uh, yep. the skins are able to purchase in-game with the in-game currency. So it's not not microtransactions, but maybe there's a way you can get more in-game currency. But I'm sure that you earn the currency throughout the, the, the game itself. But very exciting. I mean, I love the hell out of that game myself uh danny danny cups who we, we've mentioned and uh, our two friends will and pat have played on <laughs> i think it's mario party 5 had a separate little sports section where you can play yep. like mini games and we played the hockey game all the time we still do They'll, we'll break out the wii and pop it in there because it's a gamecube game but also in the newer mario party game where they did like the all-stars or whatever uh, you yeah. could play an updated version of that hockey game. And it was really fun, but it would have been cool if we had like power-ups and stuff like that. So uh, very excited for Goons. Now, what we, what was your take on Goons? Yeah, no, I, I love playing it when we were at PAX. Um, I really think it's, you know, they're taking that Mario Party idea and just running with it and making it like a full game with power-ups and skins and different characters that have different abilities when you're playing. Um, and honestly, I kind of just forgot about the game uh, until you had shared this uh, this tweet, you know, that they were um, talking about Halloween. And at first I was kind of thinking that it was a release date or something like that. I don't think there is a release date yet for this for the game, but I'm really excited about it. It's it's just one of those games that it kind of has that Rocket League vibe where you just can pick it up, play for a few minutes, you know, have a great time um, and then, um, you know, you're you're kind of done with the match or you know it's also just a great party game in general so yeah i think we're going to be playing a lot of this um this boomerang foo you know we're going to be mixing it up with <laughs> those sort of games when we're hanging out definitely um but yeah goons legends of, legends and mayhem i used to think it was goons legends of mayhem and i can't i don't know if this is like one of those um uh situations <laughs> yeah the, like where like i thought i could have sworn i had like a business card from them from pax that said legends of mayhem but maybe i'm just losing my mind um now the, I, I do think that the title of the game you know i understand goons is like it's like a canadian term right for for related to hockey i believe it's usually the guy um, who's the, who's like beating up people and and, and like yeah. you know getting in trouble i think yeah. Yeah. Um, so like I, I, I think that's fine, but like it would have been cool to just have hockey in the name too. I feel like that could help their marketing a little bit or something like, you know, goons like uh pucks and and, and mayhem or I don't know, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for this and it's great to know that we'll be able to earn like the skins and stuff just by playing mm -hmm. uh rather than like having to cough up the microtransactions. So I'm sure this game will also not be free to play if that's the case then. Um, so curious to see kind of what their price point will be, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep our eyes on it for, for all the listeners out there and we'll, we'll let you know what's going on with goons. Yeah. And, um, we, when we played the demo at PAX, obviously it was a group of us. So we wanted to play like the multiplayer. And I remember they had a demo of, they had a single player, like campaign, like a story mode that you kind of, oh. it was like, cool. You, you like skate through like a map and like beat like different goalies as you're going through, which was pretty neat. I would, I, I would be interested to see how that plays out, uh, you know, whenever we hopefully review that game. Yep. Uh, but uh, very exciting. But also you mentioned the Mandela effect. I came up or not came up. I saw a Mandela effect thing on TikTok literally this morning where yeah. 
you know the song uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas? Mm-hmm. You know the line, I'll be home for Christmas, you can... I don't know. You can... I always thought Love it was, you, me. Can, you, can count, you can count on me, right? Okay. That was the line. Apparently, it's, you can plan on me, right? You can... Oh, wow. It, That's very different. It's very different, but apparently, I looked it up... I think that they're, the radio version does say count on me, but like the original version is plan on me because all the covers gotcha. say plan on me, but I think Michael Buble says count on me. I don't know. It doesn't matter, but it's just funny that you mentioned the Mandela effect that I literally saw something today. But without further ado, Maddie, I think it's time for the main squeeze, don't you think? I think it's time to get squeezing. Let's do it. Let's get squeezing, folks. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about what Leica Age Through Blood is. What is the elevator pitch for this game? Yeah, so uh, super interesting game we've got here, folks. Uh, it's called Leica Age Through Blood, like Tommy mentioned. Um, it, it's classified as a Western-inspired motorvania. So you're hearing that right, a motorvania. So that's taking a Metroidvania and uh, collabing it with a motorcycle game similar to maybe like trials if you've if you've um, played the game trials before uh, so very interesting it takes place in a post-apocalyptic wasteland um, it is a very depressing and uh, gory sort of game it is available on uh, PC currently it will be available on consoles in the coming months uh, I'm not too sure yet on the dates for that um, but just keep your eyes, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that. There is a demo available on Steam, so if you do like what we say about the game, definitely try out the demo before purchasing. Uh, and it's developed by Brainwash Gang and published by Head Up uh, Publishing. So, not really familiar with those guys uh, really at all. You know, this is definitely our first time playing a game from the developer and that publisher. Um, but yeah, it's a um, uh, you know. Definitely a Motorvania, I think, is the perfect way to describe this game. But I know we need to get into the gameplay and get into the nitty-gritty of it all. Um, so without further ado, Tommy, what did you think of the gameplay for Leica Age Through Blood? Well, so this game, the gameplay, it was, first of all, something that I'm really, really into. I love Metroidvania's. And, you know, I, we've taught, we've brought up Dead Cells like a, a million times. Obviously, that's more of the roguelite like style stuff. But like Castlevania series is like one of my favorite franchises of all time, right? Like I, I love playing Castlevania games and, you know, that kind of vibe, you know, kind of exploring maps and, and, and getting upgrades and, and kind of progressing through a story is, is like so much fun and like really unique boss battles. So this game has all of that, I felt, plus the added dimension of the motorcycle gameplay, which, you know, I've played games like that on mobile. Like, I, I haven't played anything like on console or anything like that, where you kind of are on the, like you control the axis of how the motorcycle is going. Right. And like you're going yep. up ramps and you do backflips and front flips, yada, yada, yada. But the cool thing about this game is you have a gun, right? And you're doing it, and you can go into bullet time, right? And when you do that, you, you have a certain amount of bullets you can shoot, but 
the cool thing is, how do you reload? Oh, you, oh what do you just press X? No, you got to do a backflip to reload. And that was so cool. On top yeah. of that, you can like reflect bullets by like trying to spin your bike. And, you know, like some bullets can't go through the bottom of your bike. So you got to keep that in mind when you're like jumping over enemies. So it felt like this crazy amalgamation of like a Castlevania Metroid game. Metroidvania, as they're called. Um, a, one of those, you know, motorcycle games like Trials. I, I've never played that, but, you know, I know the style of game. Yep. Plus, uh, almost like Contra in a way. I don't I don't know if that makes sense, but it because like of all the, the, the gun combat. I mean, obviously you get that in Metroid a little bit, but this is like all of your enemies almost have like exclusively have guns, right? You are yep. a fox. You come from like this village of dogs. And the enemies are birds and uh, that's pretty much it. But like the, and we'll get to the story in a bit, but I found this gameplay to be extremely hard, but that is not a bad thing because I found it to be very rewarding. You get a lot of checkpoints throughout the game, right? So you can kind of progress through these little mini spurts of combat. Uh, against these birds and it is it's rewarding to you once you figure out like like I can't just speed my bike into these guys right I just can't do it right it doesn't it doesn't make sense I keep trying to do that and like try to shoot everybody as fast as I can no you got to have some finesse you got to take your time you got to think about when you're flipping and reloading and what weapon you're going to use and I, I found it to be kind of really fascinating and addictive. And I, I really enjoyed this gameplay. And I, I'm not even scratching the surface here. It's very fun. It's very fast-paced. But it also, you know, requires some, like, critical thinking, I found. Uh, and then I, I was even showing the the trailer to Bags when I was on the, the, the bar crawl. And he brought up something that I didn't even put together. It's like, oh, this reminds me of Katana Zero, which... I was like, yeah, yeah, right? Like, you got to have to, like, do this bullet time stuff and, and figure it out. And I, I I don't know. I really liked it, and, and I, I found it to be really, really, in, in like, uh, very fun. And I enjoyed the story. Like, the story made me want to keep playing it because you, you get a lot of different things you can do. There's you build new weapons. You got, like, side missions. You have this whole giant map, right, of, of, of things yeah. that you got to go build out the map you find this this random random weird thing i don't even know what that creature was but like when you see it you like kind of give it uh guts like when you kill like a bird you get guts as like almost like a uh like a currency so you give him yeah. guts and he'll give you more um uh more of the map that you can see so that's how you unlock the map and that was very cool and then even with the guts you can go play blackjack at taverns which yeah. i found cool but very bad for me because i'm like well i could just farm guts here and then i'll just lose 10 hands in a row and i'm like well this is exactly <laughs> what happens to me at atlantic city uh and <laughs> what can you do but realistic it, yeah it's very it was it was very realistic and and <laughs> i'm sure i'm forgetting parts of the gameplay here but those were like the, the huge things that i really enjoyed um I will say with the difficulty, you know, like it, the old, it took some time figuring out some stuff 
and and understanding how I should approach combat and also understanding how the map works because it is 2D, but the map kind of goes in like three different levels. So like you have to understand how you get to new, uh, what do you call them? Uh, like areas on the map. You yeah. have to understand that, oh, it's at, like operating on this weird 3D, but 2D axis. And you have to, you know, understand that. But uh, I, I found it to not be uh, a hindrance at all. Um, but that's, that's where I'm at with the gameplay. Obviously, I really liked it. What yeah, you? no, I, yeah, I'm thinking, uh, you know, you made a lot of great points. And uh, just before I get into like my thoughts, were you mouse and keyboard or controller? For controller. This one? I was controller. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I so could I see how mouse and keyboard would be fine as well. I think. I don't know. Yeah. I, um, so, uh, I started with mouse and keyboard with this game and, uh, kind of what you were mentioning about like, you know, when you're on the motorcycle, you have to kind of balance yourself a bit, right? So that, it, you know, you're either deflecting shots or, you know, whatever, you know, having to spin a certain way to reload your gun or reload, you know, like, your deflection kind of meter. Um, so I started with mouse and keyboard, but then when that stuff kind of got introduced, like, pretty early on, uh, I switched to controller because it's just so much easier with, like, a joystick in my mind to, like, control like your balance on something um so i yeah overall i i think that um the you know the gameplay is really satisfying when you are able to figure out you know the right patterns to have to get through certain areas like you mentioned there are a lot of checkpoints so you don't really have to worry about like oh i i failed at this part and now i'm all the way back at the beginning like that never really happened in the game uh for me but it is very difficult so uh, or I, I wouldn't say like very difficult, but it is, it's one of those games where you're not going to be able to get everything right, right out of the box. And I feel like this is what kind of separates it a bit from, um, you know, like, a, like Dead Cells is just a, a game that, you know, I kind of always think of, of like, I feel, felt like Dead Cells had a more gradual buildup of difficulty. Um, and this game just kind of throws you right into it um, after maybe like, you know, after the tutorial stuff is basically over. But I did find um, that it was very satisfying. Like once you actually, you know, you made it through a particular area, you shot all the right enemies, you know, reloaded your gun and all that, you could kind of feel that like there was some some momentum building uh, when you were playing. Uh, and actually kind of going into the game, knowing that it was a Motorvania, I was kind of thinking this would almost be more like a Sonic game than anything. I thought I would be consistently kind of driving around and like, yeah, I might crash here and there, you know, and have to restart or whatever it is. But it's very much not that. It's it's definitely a slower paced game than I was th than what I was thinking. Um, and one thing that did kind of bother me a bit with the gameplay, though, is just if you tip over your bike, you die and you have to restart. And that kept happening to me accidentally <laughs> because I would break. I would like try to break because I'd be like, oh god, like we're going into another area. I don't know the pattern yet for this area. And like I would just you know tip over and I would just restart. I'm like, ah, oh, god dang it, you know, like well, this is ridiculous. But it's one of those things. Like this is definitely a game um, where I think the story when I looked it up is around 15 hours. So it's not a super long game, but it's definitely a game that you're going to get more than 15 hours of gameplay out of just because of the difficulty. You know, you're going to die a decent amount. You're going to have to try to learn those those patterns. Um, at first, I kind of did think there were maybe too many controls, but as I sort of 
you know, continued to progress through the game. I, you know, it started to become a little bit more second nature. Um, the one thing though, that I'm not sure of that, why it's in the game. And it kind of goes back to the last episode we did with wizard with a, uh, with a gun. I don't know why there's crafting and cooking in this game. Like there, I understand like you use it for certain buffs and things like that, but I just feel like it would be a lot more satisfying if I could just buy those with guts, mm-hmm. you know, if I could just go to a shop and just buy them. And maybe there's a certain point in the game where you can do that, but I just feel like same thing with wizard with a gun. It's introducing a, you know, crafting and cooking, um, and it just complicates everything. Like it doesn't really make your game more of a survival game just because you have those sort of things in there. So that was the only part where I was just like, I don't know why this is even in the game. You know, I didn't even realize also that like after you cook something, like you use it, I I think right away, at least that's what was happening with me. Um, so I was cooking multiple of the same thing, not realizing that I think I just basically wasted some of my materials. So things like that, that I was just like, I don't know, even know why I'm wasting time on this. Um, you, it seemed like at least in the early game, you know, I played maybe like two hours of the game, an hour and a half, two hours of the game. Um, it didn't really seem like the cooking and the crafting was really necessary. Like I was able to get through those levels without having to do that. Um, but on the flip side, um, of, you know, kind of going past crafting and cooking, I did enjoy that there were multiple weapons you could use. You could buy a shotgun, a crossbow, you start with a pistol. So I like that there's kind of, um, different ways you have to think of how to, uh, you know, how to tackle certain enemies or certain parts, certain weapons might be better than others for certain situations. Uh, and I'm not sure on this. I think you might've played a bit more of the game than me. Um, but the enemies were all the same kind of going through the game. They were the, you know, just the birds with the guns. I'm not sure if that you evolve from that at any point. I I'd like to think so, uh, because 15 hours of those same sort of enemies that shoot the same way could, probably get really annoying um but i i I, you know i have faith in the game that it's probably going to change at some point it seemed like it was kind of heading there from like a story perspective as well um you know even the boss battle that i did was pretty unique so um but yeah overall i i mean i did enjoy the gameplay i thought it was really unique and i would love to see um i'm definitely going to play more of this game that's i think a big thing we you know we were talking a little bit uh before the show um, and some of these games that we play, folks, we we already know we're not going to be playing more. Yeah. Of, all right, so uh, like it's just a game that we play enough of to give a review. But this one is definitely one I think for both of us that we're going to be playing some more of. So that should be a pretty good sign right out of the gate. And we're just talking about gameplay right now. Um, that you know it's a it's a well made game. Um, but I know kind of the bread and butter, at least for me, with this game was the story. I know you're excited to talk about the story, Tom. So what did you think overall for the story so far? I know we haven't completed it, but what did you think so far about how they presented the story? Well, uh, I, I, before I do the story, I do want to say, yes, uh, the enemies, <laughs> they, get, they, they start to change. They're all birds, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. they just get uh, better weapons, um, you know, at some point, like, you know, you just start with like kind of like some dumb birds. And they'll just like they'll shoot you, and they'll kill you for sure. Like you, you get your like basic stormtrooper birds, right? It's yeah. like not yeah. the best aim, but they'll get you every once in a while. Um, the cool, the one of the cool, the first really cool one you run into that's like not just a bird, um, that's just shooting you. Like they jump from like just regular birds, and then like one with a sniper's got better aim, and then the cool one is like got a rocket launcher, right? And yeah. if it shoots the rocket, it 
heat seeking, so it follows you. So you got to shoot the rocket oh, before it gets and to then you. the bird, and then the bird. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So you know, it progresses beyond that. I haven't uh, seen a lot of new ones, but all the boss battles you brought brought up, I think it is worth mentioning in the gameplay. Uh, it, all the boss battles I've played have been super unique and play to the gameplay perfectly. I felt like, yeah. um, you're just like, Oh wow. You know, it, you make sense. Like if it, it feels very Castlevania E like, Oh, now you're doing something different. Like that, like you've unlocked like, uh, the first boss battle is just normal, right? Like you're just doing your pistol stuff. And the second boss battle, because the first weapon you can technically create based on what you can find is, is the crossbow. So, the second boss battle is like this is for the crossbow. Um, you could you can tell almost immediately. Sorry for the spoiler, but uh, you could still beat it without the crossbow. Uh, just so you know, and probably with some other weapons as well. But you know, all that being said, the story, the story is this is this is a this is a very story driven game, right? Yeah. And I think that's important for for people to know. And I think this is the most story driven game we've had. You know, uh, it starts out. You know, literally when you start the game, uh, one of the dogs from the village was like crucified, right? They basically guts spilled all over the place. And then another dog, you got to kind of go try and save. And that dog's not in a good way, right? So just so you know, like as soon as you start, and there's yeah. even a warning before the games, like, listen, this is a very brutal game. There's mentions of violence, sexual assault, you know, stuff like that. So you have to keep that in mind, obviously, you know, if, if, if that's a problem, I wouldn't play this game. But, you know, it, it portrays it in a way that, it, you know, it, it doesn't, uh, well, uh, I guess, what would be the way? Like, it, it doesn't cheapen it for yeah. you, right? Like, it, it treats yeah. it with respect. So uh, the yeah. game, the, the story is very, very um, uh, well well thought out and well just put together you are like a you are this this female fox you have a, you have a uh I forget if it's a son or a daughter but you have you have a kid uh, and daughter yeah, yeah daughter I believe. um and you know puppy yeah i think puppy or po- and then the puppy and then there was yeah. poochie you know it's all yeah. dog name stuff so like it's it's yeah. it deals with a lot of like heavy things but through the lens of like a a cuter video game, a lot like Celeste, which we've talked about a lot uh, on on the podcast. So it is a very interesting story. You, you have this kind of turf war, not even really a turf war. You have these two different, it's post-apocalyptic. You don't know what happened really uh, from the get go, but uh, you know, the birds are kind of like this military esque, faction in this post-apocalyptic world and then you got the dogs which is more your you know we're we're just survivalists we're nomads it feels very you know like what you would think a pack of dogs would be they stick together they're very uh community oriented um not to shit on birds or anything like that but you know whatever <laughs> uh but it it uh Birds aren't real anyway. Birds so. aren't real. They're uh, maybe that's what they're saying. It's like you know they all got guns. And <laughs> birds are for the government. Uh, but and then and then you go find other communities of different animals, and you need to try to get their help, or you end up finding out that they need your help. Uh, so the story is very intertwined throughout the gameplay, 
and it does it in, in a really neat way. You got some really cool cutscenes and really cool animations. Um, you know, you have like this radio that like when as you're completing quests, the radio will kind of buzz off like, oh, I did this. Like, oh, I need you to do this now. And um, yeah, I found the story to be really interesting. You know, there's a lot of like Castlevania games usually are pretty linear, right? Like you, yeah, you can do a lot of stuff, but there's not a lot of like side quests or anything like that. There's a ton of side quests in this game. And if, if that's your thing, like I know you mentioned like probably a 15 hour story. I think yeah. if you did everything, it's gotta be more than that. Right. Uh, even without all the dying. Uh, so like <laughs> it's, uh, I, I found the story to be, you know, pretty enthralling and that's, you know, one of the reasons I want to go back or continue to play the game, not even go back to it. Like I played it today before, uh, we, we, uh, we hopped on. So, uh, that, that's where I'm at with the story it's, it's like really good. Yeah. Uh, definitely agree. Uh, you know, I didn't realize the story would be so heavy. I should have, I should have known just based on the name of the game age through blood. Right. Uh, that like it was going to be going through a lot of different things that probably weren't too great, but, um, yeah, I thought the story, uh, was definitely one of like the strongest parts of the game. Like I, I felt like I was kind of hanging on to every word. Um, you know, the dialogue, uh, was, uh, they actually do something really great with the dialogue where, you know, you're, you're obviously driving your motorcycle through certain things. And so you might not always have time to read the dialogue or to skip to the next piece of dialogue. So each dialogue box that kind of shows up there's a little like cooldown timer, or at least a lot of them if you're playing. And so it'll kind of move you along the story even while you're sort of playing. So you can just kind of read. You don't have to worry about hitting an extra button to get to the next um, you know, piece of dialogue. So I thought that was great. Um, one thing I really liked about the story overall, um, and this is you know maybe even part of like the gameplay elements as well, is what they call like different locations in the game. So they they have like a cemetery. They call it uh, everything is kind of where something is. So mm -hmm. you go to the cemetery. It's like where our ancestors rest. The town, it, like you go into the town, it pops up. It says where we live. You go to the bar in the town. It says where we forget. Like it's just a really cool way to kind of. I think the bedroom I have written down here is like where we dream. Mm -hmm. uh, so just a really interesting way to kind of like. Um, just kind of label these different locations within the game. And, you know, it's something that really, you know, it doesn't affect anything really like gameplay wise or anything like that. But it definitely stood out to me because I've never really had a game kind of describe it in that way. And it's, it's almost funny in a way, right. Of just like this game that's really about these dark topics and just is, is very, um, very kind of can be, sometimes be like hard to kind of get through the dialogue because of the things that they're talking about or, you know, so someone lost all their guts and they were hung up, you know, all these sort of things. Uh, so it's kind of this little comic relief in a way um, where it pops up and it's like, where we live. It's like, oh, well, yeah, obviously this is where we <laughs> live. This is where all the, you know, the townspeople are. Um, I also thought that the um, a lot of the characters that I was running across were pretty funny, even if it was like I didn't really have a side quest with them or any interaction uh, other than just a few dialogue boxes that kind of popped up. Everyone kind of was like, very weird or like um, just kind of uh, it fit perfectly into this vibe of like this really depressing kind of um, spot that you're in. Uh, so yeah, no, I think overall the story uh, really captivated me and it's, it's going to be uh, I think the driving force for why I want to continue playing the game uh, and kind of 
it also does help with the difficulty aspect, right? Where like the game is difficult, but you want to know what happens next. Um, so you're gonna you're gonna you know do your best to try to get through these levels. Um, so yeah, I think that was a really important part for this game as well. Um, you know, after seeing how difficult it was, if if the story wasn't there, I probably wouldn't even care about completing the game at all. So I think right out of the gate, and you know, we haven't finished the story yet, but I think right out of the gate, um, it definitely has a, a really um, um, kind of eye-catching story uh, that uh, just makes me want to learn more. So um, yeah, it sounds like we're we're kind of on the same page for the story here as well. So um, uh, good good to hear that. But I know the art is a really important part of this game as well, and it's pretty interesting, Tommy. So what are you thinking about where they went with the art here? Uh, you know, it's it's it is interesting. I think they could have gone a lot of different ways with this, and I, I think based on the story and the gameplay, it could have worked in a lot of different ways. But I I, I do enjoy the visuals here, and I think what really nails it for me is the character design. Like mm. you mentioned, like you run into a lot of different characters, right? I I love how all these little weird little dog things and and mole things and bird things look. Like it, yeah. it's very cartoony, right? But uh, it I don't know. It, it's it's kind of funny, right? Like like you kill a bird, <laughs> like it's just <laughs> it's just kind of laying back and like like after it like explodes off the screen a little bit. And I don't know. I think I think I mean obviously you know we don't want to kill too many birds, but it was it was very visually satisfying to me. And I and I like just the. The characters kind of like being stationary, but but moving, right? Doing their thing, like yeah. the the armor, uh, the armory guy, the the guy who makes the guns. He he's always doing the same thing, right? He's just he's like you pass him, he's just doing this. But I don't know. It gave him a lot of character uh, beyond this design, right? He has his like like metal goggles and stuff like that. I thought I thought that was really neat. And then you go into the different huts and stuff like that, especially where we live. Um, you know, and it's a cool vibe. I mean, there's not a lot of, um, dynamic movement happening outside of your character and, and, uh, certain enemies, but, uh, but that allows you to kind of enjoy a lot of the background. I think like, you know, when you're driving through a level, the whole background looks incredible, right? And and it makes sense and you can kind of, and it does a really good job. I felt of, of letting you know what you can interact with and, and, and um, you know, it, it had this really neat style for even like the, the checkpoints. Right. I, I thought that yeah. was really neat. They, they look like these kind of like little mini dog shrines of, of, of sorts with like a, with a, a dog skull and, and all this neat stuff. It felt very almost like native American in a way, if, 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 if that makes sense. But uh, yes. I enjoyed the I enjoyed it. It wasn't like I wasn't like wow, right? I don't think I was like this is the most great looking game of all time, but everything made sense and the cutscenes I thought were really neat. Like like this really, you know, cool animation um, you know, where where it didn't feel like a total departure from what the characters actually look like during the game, right? It, yep. it kind of looked like it just they just 
made a 3D version of whatever's happening in the game, which uh, I thought was pretty cool, especially when you beat a boss, right? When you do the killing blow on a boss, it does like a cutscene for it, which is really yeah. neat, almost like Mortal Kombat in a way. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the visuals. It wasn't like, it was, like Cocoon was like one of those games where it was like, wow, this is, this is, this is a beautiful game. This is a very pretty game, but it's but it's uh, not the the most pretty game, but it it certainly looked good and and, and made sense. Yeah, um, no, definitely. I, I think um, uh, you know the thing with this game is because of the kind of depressing vibe. It was just a lot of like muted colors, and like you weren't really you know nothing was like standing out too much. You know, even like your character, everything kind of blends in together. Uh, and then obviously with a game like Cocoon, there's a lot of like contrast, right? With like these bright colors and these kind of muted tones. Um, so I think that the art style for this game really fits into like the entire story and just overall vibe of the game. But it isn't, you know, it's not going to be a spectacle, you know, for you to go, um, you know, kind of is. I don't think it's going to be winning awards and things like that for for its uh, art style, but which is fine. You know, it doesn't mean it's a bad art style. It's actually very similar. Um, there's a game I haven't played this game, but I've watched um, a decent amount of it when it was coming out. It's called Valiant Hearts, um, and it's kind of a it's in pretty much the same art style as this game. Although Valiant Hearts might because it's it's I think it's more military focused. Uh, it is kind of grayer and like a little bit more depressing than what this game is. Um, so it's a kind of a step up from there. Uh, but yes, I did love the cutscenes in the game. I kind of, I kind of kept thinking it was like an anime cutscene, you know, where like I was like, oh man, like what's about to go down? They're not super long cutscenes, um, but I, I do think that they do aid to the story. You know, sometimes, especially with like these indie games, they have cutscenes just for the sake of having a cutscene, and it's just like awkward or like the animation didn't look that great because the cutscene. Um, art style is a little different than the art style from the game or whatever it is, but I think it fits in really nicely uh, with this game. And um, I did enjoy, it was kind of always a surprise and, and something I was looking forward to um, uh, when there was a cutscene. Uh, and also one thing about the game that I know I mentioned a little, a little earlier um, that I did not realize is there's just a ton of gore. Like this yeah. game is just bloody, you yeah. know, everything that you're doing, it's just, it's just gore. Every kill you get, um, you know, the things that you see, uh, it's just uh, a super bloody game. And I'm a, you know, you know, I'm a huge Gears of War fan. So like, that's obviously not an indie game, but there, there's so much blood and, and gore in that, in that game as well. in that series, um, where I was kind of like almost relieved to see that in this game, because it's nice to see a game, um, not, you know, not afraid to lean into like a lot of gore and not afraid to kind of get that mature rating if it, you know, if it came out. Um, uh, I'm not even sure what the rating for this game is, but I imagine it's got to be in the mature space based on like the, uh, the warnings that popped up and you were, I actually wrote down like what the warning was when you opened the game, I wrote down parts of it and it says like, you know, you might not want to play this game because it shows like harm towards children and suicide, sexual assault references as well. Um, so it's just like, wow, like right yeah. out of the gate. I'm like, what the heck is this game about? Like, it looks like it's a bunch of dogs. Like what, yeah. what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think overall, yeah, like the art, um, you know, it's not going to be the spectacle of the game, but I think it's, um, it's still really great. You know, it fits perfectly with the vibe of the vibe of the game. And I didn't really find that any of the art pieces, um, really took away from the game. I wasn't like, oh, that kind of seems out of place or anything like that. Everything kind of fit in nicely. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, you know, a thumbs up there with, with the art. 
Um, now, the the sound and the music, I know this is one of our favorite parts to talk about with these games. Um, and I just have a few notes here, if you don't mind. I'll just kind yeah, of go over go my right stuff. Um, so one thing that I love, these are kind of weird things, but one thing that I loved was the sound of the dialogue that when it's typing out in those boxes. I don't know if you remember like hearing it, it's mm-hmm. like it's like almost like a typewriter, but in like a I don't know, um a little maybe a little different than like a typewriter. I thought that was really satisfying. Um, you know, when I kind of first, you know, heard it and and I wrote it down immediately. Um, but really I think like the coolest part about this game in, in terms of the sound and the music are the boom boxes that you can find. Yep. Um, so th- around, you know, uh, you're introduced to it pretty early on, but around the, the world, you can find these boom boxes. And if you shoot them, you get a tape and that tape, if you go into your menus, you can play the soundtrack, the song from that tape. And it will automatically kind of go to the next one. And you kind of have in your menus your own boom box where you're putting in these different tapes. So it's a really cool way to kind of approach music in the game where you're kind of giving the control to the to the player of what songs do they want to listen to while they're going through this Metroidvania or Motorvania. Um, and uh, I just thought that was probably uh, just the coolest part of the game. And the song, like a lot of the songs are just like bangers. Like all the ones that I found are just like, you know, you're just kicking ass on a, on a motorcycle, you know, shooting some birds. And like the the music is just, you know, you're rocking out. Uh, it just, it, it was just, um, I thought that was a really cool part of the game uh, that I didn't really expect. That's kind of one, you know, in addition to, um, you know, I talked about crafting and cooking not really being a feature that needed to be in the game, but I think this is something that it didn't need to be in the game, but it's really cool that it's in the game. Like this was a success in terms of like what they risked to to put something like this into the game. Uh, but curious to see what you think, Tommy. Well, yeah, I, I totally agree. So like I love any kind of game where you get to collect tracks, right? I think yeah. one of my favorite games that you could ever do this was Wario Land 4 on the Game Boy Advance. I know this is like a wild reference. All five of you out there that, that remember that People, game. I'm telling you, this game was so lit, dude. It was awesome. <laughs> but like you could like correctly collect little CDs. And like you would, they're in the menu. You can go and just like jam out to some weird Wario music, which is pretty neat. Nice. But but when as soon as I saw that this happened, because I, I noticed the music right away, I was like, oh, this is like, you know, kind of like this, like indie vibey kind of thing with with um, like uh, like a southwestern vibe because like you're you're in this kind of desert post apocalyptic thing. It feels post apocalyptic, but you got these, you know, um, really almost like Bjork, maybe like um, uh, Phoebe Bridgers kind of thing going yeah. on um, with the vocals and like and initially I was like, oh wow, this is really cool, and then I was like a little almost a little bit confused because there's like an opening credits thing where after the first mission, you're bringing something back to where we live. Right. And you're kind of, kind of seeing the landscape. It's really cool. And you're kind of getting uh, the opening credits at the same time, which is really neat. Yeah. Well, seeing all these different names, like who are they? Like some of these people don't sound like video game designers. They sound like, I don't know, hipsters or something like that. And then you realize it's like, Oh, it's all the musicians that kind of worked on the game. And the fact that you get to collect these cassette tapes is so cool. And it's, and it's tied to the story too, because a character dies early on, like basically in the beginning of the game. And they're like, somebody's like, uh, are you going to, oh, it's such a shame that so-and-so's cassette um, 
collections never going to grow and and you're basically no it is because i'm going to go find a bunch of more cassettes and and you can continue to to grow the the collection which is kind of neat as like a tribute to that character um but yeah no the the, the music great sound design's great all the guns sound cool and, and it's just like everything and your, your motorcycle it doesn't ever get annoying that you're on a motorcycle i don't think like i think it can be easy to to make your motorcycle like sound annoying if you have to ride it all the time right like in a game like you know i yeah. think of like old ps2 games and stuff like that ps1 games where it's just a repeat like you can almost tell they only have like two seconds of repeating a uh, motorcycle <laughs> yeah. which this does not sound like it um so i found uh i found the sound to be great and the music to be excellent i think it obviously they really cared about it right you don't just have a bunch of original songs in a game yeah. like like that like not even like sure you get like a whole soundtrack but like this is like a lot of originality going on and and uh really kind of definitely uh contributes to the the entire vibe now um do you want to get to our ratings I mean, or we could talk about performance real quick I'll, I'll just i'll just say i didn't run into any issues i played it on steam obviously it's only out on steam currently but it will be out on everything else soon um did you run into any issues? Yeah, all good for my end. Also uh, played on Steam, um, and yeah, no no issues from my side. Um, yeah, it ran perfectly. Would you? What are you gonna give it? Uh, well, here I'll talk about our, our ratings real quick. Our yeah, ratings, no. Uh, you know, in order, you know, from best uh, to worst. The first, uh, the best rating you can get is a certified fresh juice. Obviously, fresh juice is the name of the podcast. Uh, a steal where you know it feels like it's a good game for the price it's a good game maybe not a game of the year contender like a certified fresh juice would be uh then you get a get on sale you know there's a lot of sales going on steam sales steam summer sale whatever nintendo switch humble bundle it's a good game but maybe not worth the price quite um you know so much so maybe wait till it you know gets a little bit cheaper you got manager special if maybe it's like a free to play, you know, and you got some time on your hands or, or like got severely discounted, uh, I would check it out. And then, uh, spoiled milk was the worst rating. We haven't given any spoiled milks yet, which, uh, you know, knock on wood, but, not yet. Uh, this could not be the yet. This could be the first. This could be the first. Based on what we've said, <laughs> I don't think it will be. Uh, spoiled milk is, is, is nobody, nobody wants spoiled milk. So, uh, you know, those are the ratings. Now, Maddie Juice. What is your rating for Leica? Yes, so um, it's a twenty dollars game. Uh, just for transparency, I think we both got it maybe like ten percent off because it was on sale. But mm-hmm. we're obviously gonna be talking about it as if it was twenty bucks. Uh, and I gave this a steal. I think everything uh, in terms of the care they put into the story, you know, the art being solid, uh, obviously the sound and the music. I just feel like almost every category here that we covered. Um, there was a way more positives than um, negatives with really any of the categories. I think really the only thing maybe setting this apart from being a certified fresh juice for me um, is just the difficulty of the game. I don't feel like everyone's going to be wanting to kind of deal with this really depressing game that's that can be very difficult at times. Like that's kind of a tough barrier sometimes for a lot of people to get through. But for me... I think 20 bucks for like what this game is going to 
give you. I know we talked about a 15-hour story. I always like to think of like, okay, well, how long does it take me to beat this game? How much is it? How much is it per hour for me to basically play it? Um, but we can easily get more than 15 hours out of the story. You mentioned all the side quests, you know, even the difficulty of the game. So if I'm, you know, if I beat this game in 20 hours and I only pay 20 bucks for it, a dollar an hour for me, that's a steal. Um, so that's, that's what I'm giving this game. But Tommy, I know, I know this is a moment you've been waiting for. Let me see. Let me see. Let me hear. What do you got? Folks, juice heads, uh, (laughs) fresh jaundices, uh, this is my first certified fresh juice. Obviously, I'm. Oh, a little, oh burr, 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 burr. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I understand uh, your qualms with it. Not even that they were really qualms. You know, I understand. You know that it, it might not be for everybody, but I truly believe. And and because I'm not like I hate to say it, folks. I am a critical thinker when it comes to games. I am not a great gamer per se, and I had. It was difficult for me. I found it still to be rewarding, uh, you know, based on the difficulty. Now, I will say, you know, to a, a point that you brought up, and, and it's a point that I brought up in Wizard with a Gun as well, the the cooking, right? I, I did not have a problem with the cooking in this game. And the reason was I found that the cooking helped with the difficulty, right? I was like, okay. oh, this is going to help me like actually beat these like harder parts for myself and you get the kind of like the completionist thing going on where uh you're filling out a recipe book and you're like oh that's pretty neat like it didn't it never felt like necessary which i and you brought up uh which which i think is a good thing like you can kind of just play this game on super hard mode it's totally fine Mm -hmm. uh but i kind of like that i was like all right well maybe i'll pay attention to certain uh like food items I'm picking up because you can buy ingredients from, yeah. from different uh, shopkeepers or whatever. And yeah, so I didn't have a problem with it. Like, you know, obviously it sounds like I'm being a little bit, uh, what would you call that? Uh, hypocritical. You think you're, you think you're better than me? <laughs> no, no, Hypocr- no hypocritical. <laughs> if like I, I complained about a wizard with a gun, but I, I, I didn't find it to be an issue in this game. Um, I really love the story. Uh, I love the entire vibe. I love obviously the music, but the gameplay for me was like so unique and like, like I think it, it still would have been a steal for me if it was just the gameplay, I think, because I really, really liked it. I was like, this is super complicated in a way that you can figure it out, you know, mm-hmm. but the story being a part of that as well with the visuals and, and the, and the sound just kind of was like oh well let's just make you like you won't want to give up right that's like my problem with a lot of these games sometimes you just hit a wall where you're like i can't beat this part why am i even wasting my time and this game with the story you're like no i i want to know what the freak is going on in the mines or whatever i want to go i want to go to where uh, our bones bleed or where like w- one of these cool yeah. sounding areas like and you look at the map because you get the names of all the places on the map you're like a lot of these sound really cool and i can't wait to see what happens there when you get there and um yeah. i found it to be uh, very rewarding and i love the boss battles the boss battles were super unique and and the way you kind of uh you know progress through it but certified fresh juice for for tommy fresh over here uh Woo! my first ever 
My first ever. Because you gave Cocoon certified fresh juice, right? I did, yes. And you gave it a steal. So yeah. we're swapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're, we're now we're even right, based on our, our so. ratings. So, uh, But yeah. I, I enjoyed the hell out of this game. Whether it's a steal or certified fresh juice, I think we both agree that this is a game worth checking out. And yeah. um, especially there's a demo. So check out the demo at least. Uh, but I would say this is a game on my radar. You know, we we won't have done the, the podcast for a full year come, uh, you know, January. But we're going to do our best of the year anyway. So um, yeah. we're, this is this is on my radar for one of the best of the year. And, uh, you know, something I'm really looking forward to continue playing even after uh, we're done. Well, after I'm done editing this podcast. <laughs> there you go yeah yeah buddy yeah shout out to brainwash gang too first game we played from them and we'll definitely be looking out for more games from them because if this is the type of unique stuff they can come up with i'm excited to see kind of what other genres maybe they can get into uh and and kind of collab genres in a way and see you know what else they can do certainly certainly i i mean it is i mean if if it's anything it is unique and and that uh, is what it is but we do have some listener questions uh yeah the first coming from a longtime bud of mine capolo cap andrea biagi the notorious biagi uh on twitter asks rank in order of importance what makes a great indie game and can any of them lack to make a great game still now he lists graphics gameplay story and sound design like all of the things that we talk about what what is your what is your ranking here? Yeah, so um, this is a great question, and I think it, it you know obviously it ties in really well with like what our rankings are or like the way that we structure the show in general, right? We kind of talk about a lot of these different things. Um, so for me, in order of importance for these four things and what makes a great indie game, I'm putting gameplay at number one. The gameplay needs to be engaging. Uh, and I'm putting sound at number two. I think that sound is super important, you know, whether it's just like the sound effects in the game or the the soundtrack for the game. You know, we just spent a good amount of time talking about uh, how cool Leica's boombox system is in the game. Uh, and then I'm going to put um, story and then I'm going to put graphics last. Um, now, if if graphics is... Uh, you know, if it's like completely unwatchable, you know, or unplayable, like obviously that's an issue, but I, I'm thinking graphics in the terms of like how high uh, fidelity are these graphics, you know, or, or, or does, does the art work with the game? Um, you know, I played plenty of games. I, I honestly think I, as long as you have gameplay and sound, I think if you didn't have great story and they didn't have great graphics, I still think the gameplay and the sound could kind of carry you through the game. Um, and I do feel like, uh, um, just the gameplay. So like, if we look at cocoon, right, if cocoon was a game that didn't look as good as cocoon looked, I still think it would be a really great game. Maybe I would have gave it one tier lower in the rankings, but I still think the gameplay for that game would just carry it through. So that's the order I'm going to put it in. I'm going to say, uh, gameplay, sound, story, and graphics, um, and now, can any of them lack to make a great game still? Uh, like I said, I think gameplay and sound are really the most important for me. Um, so the other two can be less so, and I won't really, you know, won't really affect too much of what I think about the game. But um, Tommy, what do, what do you think? Uh, I'm pretty similar uh, with you there on this answer. I am gameplay, 
uh, sound, but then I go graphics, then story. Uh, and the only reason is because I think that there are a lot of great examples of, of indie games that don't really have a story, right? Yeah. Uh, but are addicting as hell, and you just continue to want to want to play. Uh, you know, like let's be honest, like Dead Cells has a story, kind of right. A lot of these roguelites, yeah. vampire survivors, right, is a is a great example, actually, <laughs> right. Yeah. Addicting as hell. You want to play it. You want to keep playing it. There's no story there. I don't. You don't need it. And uh, but but yeah. I mean, I think gameplay is so important, right? You know, I there are so many indie games that I play that I want to enjoy because everything else is going well, but the gameplay just sucks. And yeah. and and uh, yeah, but uh, you know, I can give a few passes on sound, though. Sound needs to be pretty close, or at least you need to at least seem like you're trying, because any game could be played on mute, really. But you want to yeah. play it with the whole experience. Graphics, like, you know, we, we see it all the time. Like, yeah, graphics could be bare minimum and and still a fun game. But some, I just, sometimes you just don't need story, you know, as, as crazy as it sounds. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, great, great question, Cap. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. The next question comes from rcarp11. Wow, a faithful listener um, <laughs> who, who asks, are there any genres of games that either of you feel are overhyped? Whew, good question here. Um, so talking outside of indie games, right, just any genre of game um, that's overhyped. I think one of them, um, and, you know, it, it's Battle Royale for me, um, you know, if, if that can be considered a genre of a game. I think at this point it basically is. There's games that come out that are just Battle Royale. I think we just saw so many of those that um, it just now – unless you have a really unique spin on it, a re- really unique ta- um, uh, take on it that, that works from the gameplay side, uh, it's just something that I'm just overlooking now. And I just think uh, it's a lot of, you know, um, kids watching their favorite streamer play it. So then they're going to play it, but it's not really a good game. They're just kind of doing it because, you know, this huge streamer is doing is, is playing that game. Um, I'm trying to think of maybe another genre. I mean, obviously, I think... Um, uh metroidvania games i don't think it's overhyped but there's just so many of them and like roguelikes and things like that Uh, there's just so many now but i I wouldn't necessarily say they're overhyped because i feel like at this point when a new one comes out people aren't really hyping it up as much as they they used to um so i think it's kind of everyone's kind of expecting uh that sort of stuff right now um but yeah i'm curious to see what you think tom yeah, this is a tough one to answer. It's a great question, but, you know, I think Battle Royales is probably up there, right? I, I think so, but it's, it's so weird. It's, like, so hard to, like, crack into, like, the big three or, or whatever of what a Battle Royale is. Like, I remember when, when yeah. we went to TwitchCon and there was uh, that big battle royale tournament for a game that i don't even know what the name was h1z1 it was h1z1 which is not around anymore not around anymore (laughs) i mean it's like to me like i'm sure it's like PUBG, and then like one of the call call of duty has something and then Fortnite. in my mind right uh those like i guess the the big three so like I mean, they're they're certainly hyped and probably arguably overhyped, but I understand why there's so much fun. I get it. You know, I've, I've 
I'll be tempted to play the weird I- iOS ones sometimes. Um, <laughs> I think to me, FPSs maybe uh, uh, they're to me they're a dime a dozen first pl- first person shooters. I don't think, especially Call of Duty, like, you know, they put out like a new one every year, it feels like, and and it's never a lot of depth. They're not really doing a whole lot. I mean, it's just like you're just still shooting guns and, whoa, you got new guns this time. And like every once in a while, we'll see something that changes the game a little bit. Like, uh, was it Titanfall? Yeah, uh, Titanfall. Yeah, yeah. Which was like, oh, yeah, yeah you can like, you know, do like all this like cool, like, uh, like mech stuff and 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 whatnot but i don't think there's based on the amount of games that come out that are fps's i don't think there's like nowhere like this is the amount of games we get for fps's like all the time the innovations like all the way down here like it never even comes close i don't think like they're not innovating the game um you know so and you know, basically, we we saw just Leica. Like we, we want to see stuff like that, right? We want to see an innovation of a of a certain thing. Um, yeah. I I don't know if I would say it's overhyped, but uh, Souls likes to me a little overhyped. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like you know, like they, it's it's very rare to see like a super unique one. I think you know, I, yeah. uh, but uh, but it's really. Personally, first-person shooters are, are the most overhyped, um, in my opinion. I be I just think we just yeah. get so many of them. It's just like, it's just boom, boom, boom. A new first-person shooter. Everybody plays one for two weeks, and then they go back to Call of Duty. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, what can you do? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's a great point. And, like, uh, you know, uh, I think specifically like military FPSs. Like I always see like on Steam like these new military games coming out, and then I think even recently like one of them came out maybe a year or two ago, and I saw over the summer like they were already shutting down the servers. That's just crazy. because there's just so many uh, just Battlefield, Call of Duty. Like you don't we don't need more military FPS games. Uh, I would actually like to see more third person shooters in general. I feel like if you're gonna try a shooter, there's some more room there. Um, for like some innovation, like I know, like the division is a pretty large third-person shooter, and they do some cool stuff uh, that like the the first-person shooters don't do. Um, but yeah, I think honestly, I think the last FPS game that um, I thought was innovating well was High on Life. Uh, I'm not sure it was like by the creators of Rick and Morty, mm. um, and it's on it's on Game Pass as well. But I didn't I didn't end up beating the game, but just like the way that game felt, you know, like you're your gun is like a character in Rick and Morty, basically. And they're talking to you. They're like taunting you and stuff. And like just the way all those sort of mechanics uh, in that game worked kind of just refreshed my love of like FPS games. But I definitely agree. Like it's just so saturated. And that's just the thing with a lot of different genres now. Um, It's just just so saturated because it's just so uh, accessible to make games these days. Mm. But yeah, definitely. Like FPS is probably at the top of the list, I would say, uh, and then that kind of pairs up nice with battle royale just being, you know, um, everywhere these days. And I actually think, you know, I, this is kind of getting outside the question, but extraction shooters are or extraction games are probably the next wave after battle royale. So um, games like Escape from Tarkov, which is like a more of a military shooter, which kind of like almost like started this whole sort of thing. 
uh, there was a, you know there's a game called um, Dark and Darker, which is like not a shooter, but it's a, an extraction game where you're like it's kind of medieval and like you're fighting these skeleton monsters and there's other people in the world and you need to try to get loot and extract and get out of there. Um, so I think that's kind of the next wave after Battle Royale, just because it does have some replayability to it. Uh, similar to BR, but I think if this question was asked maybe in a year, I'd probably say extraction uh, games are probably overhyped because I imagine we're just going to get a ton of them over the next year. Um, I know Dr. Disrespects also, he's a, you know, the huge streamer. He's working on like his own studio and own extraction game. So anyway, um, this is kind of, you know, I'm kind of future proofing my answer right here. Uh, <laughs> ask that again, but uh, that's what I'm thinking um, for, uh, for the next wave of overhyped games. It's, it's certainly, certainly fair. I mean, I haven't played them, so I wouldn't really know. You know, I, I have some friends who play some escape from Tarkov, um, and they love the hell of it. They're like, they even, uh, friends from flesh and blood that yeah. like, I'm like, Oh, I haven't, you haven't been playing much flesh and blood lately. Or he's like, yeah, I've just been escape from Tarkov all the time. I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know, like I, yeah. maybe I should check out the game, but, um, but I also, you know, one first-person shooter that does actually remind me of some innovation that I saw uh, was I f- something with friends, I think it was called, where it's a card game, but it's also a shooter. Uh, it was at uh, PAX. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't remember what that was called. But yeah, it was like deck building meets first-person shooter, which right? Is, Kinda. Which is yeah. very cool, feels like. Motorvania or something like that. Like, you know, we got to start seeing more of that, I think. And sure, you're going to miss a couple times, but that one's apparently a lot of fun. Um, Now, this brings us to the rec room, my friend, where we recommend something that's perhaps not an indie game. And and, uh, hopefully uh, the, the juice heads out there, check it out. What do you have to recommend this week? Yeah. Um, So this is, you know, uh, I know we can do anything uh, outside of indie games, I think technically this is an indie game um, that I've been playing a good amount of. You might be able to guess what it is, but it's Lord of the Rings Return to Moria, um, which I know it's Lord of the Rings. That's not indie by any means, but I believe the studio is technically an indie studio. Um, but this is a, a new game that um, came out, uh, I think, last week on the Epic Game Store on PC. Uh, it's a $40 game, so it is a little... You know, pricier when it comes to like survival games. Um, but this game, I have been just having so much fun playing it. Uh, so, kind of setting the stage for the game real quick is this takes place after the Lord of the Rings. There is lore involved in a story. Um, Gimli, the voice actor from the movies, is also in the game and he's voice acting his own character, Gimli. Um, and uh, he, uh, yeah, it basically sets it up in a way where like, you know, it's after the ring uh, has been destroyed and, you know, spoilers for anyone uh, who didn't know that. Um, and then um, all the dwarves are essentially waiting for Durin to come back. Um, uh, and Gimli's basically like before they go into Moria and try to go back into Moria and reclaim it. Um, so uh, Gimli's basically like, screw that. We're going now. And that's basically what the game is. So. Um, you get to create your own dwarf. You can play it with up to eight people, which is really cool. Uh, and then 
every world it's it works similar to minecraft where every world that you're in is a different seed so they're all procedural um so like my buddy uh, joe like you know joe he hopped into my game and like it was completely different like the layout of like all the caves and everything um so it kind of adds that replayability to it i think a lot of the survival elements in the game are really fantastic as someone who plays a lot of survival games i think they did a good job with it i know ign gave it a lower score I think it was like a five out of ten or something like that. Four, they give it a four. Uh, four no, four out of ten. Yeah. So I, I think that the because I did read that review before, like we had sent it in in the group chat there. Um, it just seemed like the person doing the review wasn't a survival game fan, and they were more just like they knew a, this is a new Lord of the Rings game, and like they wanted to judge it based on that. If you're looking for story and things like that, there's a little bit of that here. But if you're a survival game fan, this is like a great game, in my opinion. And they've already come out with a few hot fixes and updates. So they're working on the game. And there's a roadmap and everything for more content. But I've really enjoyed it. Um, you know, fighting orcs and goblins and giant spiders. And uh, there's a Balrog somewhere. I'm not sure where. Have not found it. I did find a giant sea creature thing that I'm not too sure what that is in some cave. So uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a great time. And it's just fun playing as a dwarf. You know, I just, I love everything about Lord of the Rings. I, I, the, to kind of put the game in a nutshell, it, it really makes you feel like you're on an adventure. And that's like exactly what I look for when I when I um, look at something Lord of the Rings. I want to feel like I'm on an adventure, mm-hmm. and it really it really does a great job of that. So that is my rec room for the week. Um, if you got anyone, any of the listeners, pick up Return to Moria, let me know. Tweet at us at Fresh Buds or at Fresh Juice Pod. <laughs> you can tweet at me Twitter, too. I'll tell them <laughs> and and tweet at Tom as well. Um, and maybe we could play together. But uh, that is my rec room for the week. Can't can't recommend that game enough. I've been loving it. Uh, I am so stoked to play that game. I am also obviously a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I am getting a, you know, so I'm getting married uh, next year. I am getting a Gimli wedding band. I'll show, I'll send it to you, Matt, uh, how cool it looks. It's so freaking dope. And I can't wait to play that game. Uh, I just didn't have time. I was playing a lot of Leica this week. So, you know, I I was really enjoying that game. So uh, it's probably next on my list after whatever we review next week, which you got to figure out. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, my recommendation this week is, uh, for a comedian, actually, oh. uh, you might've heard of him. Uh, his name is Nate Bargatze. So yes. he is, uh, he was, so like he is a clean comedian, but you don't even realize he's one of those, you know, he, he pulls it off so well. He's kind of like the Southern guy from Tennessee, but he's kind of like this really like, he plays the dumb guy so well in his act. It's amazing. Like he just, he pulls it off so well. And his, his, um, he has a couple specials, the Tennessee kid, which was his first like full hour on Netflix. I can't recommend that special enough. He's had two specials on there since then. Uh, no, no one other one on there, uh, after that. And then he had one on Amazon prime. Most recent one was called Hello World, which checked out as well. But the only reason I mention it is because he got to host SNL this past weekend. And SNL has not been good for a very, very long time, in my humble opinion. But I saw a a <laughs> a sketch from this past weekend uh, with him. Obviously, he was the host uh, where he plays George Washington. And they're talking about the different units of measurement that America is going to use instead of Europe. And honestly, it was it was the first time I laughed at like an SNL sketch in a very, very long time. So 
check out his co- like his his comedy. Uh, it's it's very very funny. He's he's just a uh, he kills. Uh, but uh, if you want to look at the George Washington skit from SNL, uh, it was also very very funny. So yeah, Nate Bargatze, uh, which is B A R G A T Z E. Um, yeah, big fan, big fan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's great. I can vouch for him as well. Um, like he's just he's got like that dry sense of humor. Uh, and actually, I never really realized that he was clean until you mentioned it right there because it is like some of the stuff he talks about and just like i don't know yeah like the way he presents himself like you think that he's cursing sometimes i guess but he really isn't so uh yeah that's a great point next time i watch him i'm gonna i'm gonna you know see if i can pick up any profanities and i'll let you know tom if you're right or wrong about that but no that's no it's uh it's definitely a really interesting point and he's he's a great comedian so yeah listen to it listeners Absolutely. Um, well, all right, Maddie. This has been the show. It was a it was a great time. I'm glad that we both liked Leica. Obviously, I liked Leica a little <laughs> bit more than you. Um, you know, maybe I'm a little bit more aged through blood than you. Uh, I don't oh. know. <laughs> not to blood, not to brag or anything. Uh, but well, <laughs> you, you want to plug your stuff and and where you can find yourself and I where we can find everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you guys are looking for, uh, to connect with us outside of the podcast, definitely check us out at fresh juice pod on Twitter and YouTube and TikTok. Uh, anywhere you can find us, you know, we're on all the different, uh, po- uh podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, all that sort of stuff. Um, but definitely if you're interested in checking out some of the video content, uh, check out our YouTube channel. And of course, if you have any listener questions, please submit us at Fresh Juice Pod on Twitter or just comment any anywhere that you're seeing us. Just leave a question somewhere and we'll find it for the next episode. If you're looking to connect with me personally after the uh, the show, maybe not too personally, but if you're looking to connect with me personally after the show, um, you can check me out at Maddie Gorm, uh, G-O-R-M on uh, Twitter and all the socials really. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that'll be pretty much, pretty much it for me. But Tommy, where are you at? I know I, I alluded to it earlier, but let the people know where they can find you. Well, you can find me at fresh buds pod. You know, uh, I, it's mostly tweeting about, uh, flesh and blood, which is an indie trading card game. I do have a podcast, uh, fresh and buds that I do uh, weekly have guests from the community of that game. If you ever are interested in the game, you can always re- just reach out to me. I will give you a lot of great resources to learn about the game. Uh, It's very, very fun. Um, But uh, yeah, you can find me there. And if you want to, if, if you want to reach Maddie very personally, you can DM me and I'll give uh, you all of his details and where to find him, (laughs) including where he works. Perfect. (laughs) But uh, that's going to do it for the show, folks. Thank you so much. Uh, Look forward to talking to you next week and Stay fresh and juicy. Juice guys. Yeah.